0: There's always something beneath the surface. Hi, I'm Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, Demystifying Neutral Colors. I am ready to demystify.
1: And I love how you brought us into this episode. There is something beneath the surface. It's lurking in all of your neutrals and its undertones. And we're going to tell you about them today and help you recognize them.
0: Well, should we talk first about why you would even want to have a neutral room and what that really is? Yeah. Well, when we say neutral, we really don't mean without color because there, I mean, it does mean without color, but there's going to be some color in the room. We mean colors that go with every color. So we're talking beige, white, gray, ivory, and really even black, because these are all the colors that really work with blues, reds, greens, pinks, purples, oranges, whatever color you throw at them, they're going to work with them
1: neutrals, like you say, work with everything. They can be the base. They also show off other items that are more colorful. And yeah, there is, it's not a complete lack of color. There is some color to them, but they're not colors that appear on the color wheel. And they're not colors that are easily discernible. With a neutral, there are undertones to the neutrals. And it's very helpful to understand what undertones there are which ones are going to show up in the colors that you're choosing. now we're talking about really paint color today, but you know, it can play into other aspects and other things that are neutrals, but you don't, it's not anywhere as prevalent as it is in a paint color.
0: You know, the other reason I think it's great to use neutrals is because they have such a calming effect on the room. If you want a very peaceful feeling If you are jostled around by life during the day, it's nice to come home to a neutral room that feels very peaceful and not too energetic. So it's kind of a feeling that you want to have. Another benefit that I've always touted about neutral rooms is that they are good for the long haul. If you don't want to have to replace your furniture very often, I highly recommend using neutrals because... The patterns and the colors are what go out of style. Rarely does the color white or cream or beige or gray as far as bedding or a chair, rarely does that really go out of style. Uh, but once you start getting into patterns and blues you know they come and go and there's a you know a 1990s blue and there's a, and there's maybe a a 2015 blue so this is a way to really keep your costs down if you want to spend some money on a sofa or other b- big ticket items you go with the neutrals and then if you want the color in the room you dress it up with throws and pillows and other accessories
1: Excellent point. It's also a great way to go when you need to unify a space. A lot of people live in open concept homes or you buy an older home and you might want to take a wall down for some reason and all of a sudden you have this big space. Well, that's very difficult to paint a really bright color or intense color. It's better to go with a neutral and then you can have all the rooms be the same color and flow from one to the next.
0: Yeah. And another thing I love about neutral colors or a neutral style is that it really works with whatever kind of style you want to go with pretty much. I mean, you can do the French, you can do country, you can do traditional, contemporary, modern. You can work just about any type of furniture in with neutral colors. So it's just, it's the chameleon. I mean, it really goes with everything. And just because you have a neutral room does not mean you cannot have any color in the room. I really feel like the neutral rooms do better if you do have just a little bit of a splash of color here or there. I think they can tend to be boring. So it is nice to add a little bit in.
1: Right. It's a nice foil. It's a nice backdrop for adding any sorts of color or for art or what have you. All these good things about neutrals, they sort of go everywhere. They belong everywhere, but there's a caveat to that. And that's what the whole episode is about today is that while neutrals in general can work in any space, not every specific neutral can work in every space because of these undertones. We're going to go through the different undertones that that exists and ones you should look for and how you can pick them out, because it's very challenging to, to discern the undertone from a small paint chip. Well, and while we're talking about undertones, I think this brings up the biggest
0: example I have of undertones, and that is the color gray. Gray is such a classic color. It's beautiful. I think it's going to be around forever, but it's gotten, I think, a bad name lately. One reason is because I think it has been overused, which I agree with. But I see the real problem with people not liking gray is that I think a lot of people chose a gray with a blue undertone and the blue the blue undertone gave it a very cool and cold feeling, a very industrial feeling that really turn people off and people don't like it, especially in their home. It can feel a little bit like a service station, to be honest. That's why I feel like it's really important to think about these undertones because it does impact the way the color is coming across. If you choose a gray with a warmer undertone, you are going to be happier, in my opinion, with that gray for the long haul.
1: Oh, yes. I have a blog post, My Two Favorite Grays. It is probably one of my most popular blog posts. I mean, I I, I can't even tell you the number of comments that I have gotten over the years and people then emailing me on the side, you know, they read the my article, but what do I think in their particular and their North facing and this and that and the other thing, gray is hard to get right. So what we're talking about with the undertone, so you have the color and that's primarily what it is, whether it's a gray or a, a beige or a white, but underneath that there's a small amount of could be blue, could be green, with a gray it could even be purple Th- but there's a small amount of that undertone in there and really depending upon the light that you get in your room and also what you choose to put in the room that undertone can present itself in, in uh, almost in the forefront just stronger than you'd want it to and well, an percent right way
0: you can't really tell from a small little chip sometimes what that undertone is and it may seem like oh maybe there's a little bit of a pink undertone here but then you put it on all the walls in your bathroom and the light is bouncing off of every wall and converging and kind of slapping you in the face and it starts feeling like the room is a pink room you really do have to be careful about these undertones because you can be quite surprised once you start painting an
1: entire wall so let's just run through some of the undertones that you can, that do present themselves and I'll just read the list and then we're going to talk more about you know, how you can recognize them and how best to use and select neutrals for the home that you either have currently and the decor you have or, you know, the look that you want to go for. And we're going to give you some ideas on specific paints, right, Anita? We both have a short list of some. That we I have like. a few, sure. Okay. Okay, so you've got blue-gray. So gray being your neutral, but blue being your undertone. So the undertone, I'm going to say in the front, green-beige, yellow-beige, pink-beige. Pink-beige shows up a lot in bathrooms for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Orange-beige. Uh, let's just go back to Tuscany or faux-Tuscany, right? <laughs> because that that came about a lot around that time period gold beige, kind of the same feel. And um, like a taupey undertone, Um, that's the beige and gray undertones. And then you could have a green gray, different than a blue gray, right? And as I mentioned, even a purple gray. So they're different undertones depending upon what the main color is. And they can show up. Yeah, like you didn't invite them, but they showed up to your walls. You're like, yikes. What happens too is when people are decorating and they want to refresh and they're seeing a lot of the grays out there, uh, but they have tile or cabinetry that was more reminiscent of uh, the Tuscan phase, or they have a bathroom that has these pink undertones in the tile, in the granite, maybe in the cabinetry. And then they want to choose a really crisp white or a true gray or even a blue gray, and they try to pair it with these other items that have different undertones, and that's when it becomes a disaster.
0: Oh, yeah. Those yellow undertones, I think if you... That's another thing we need to talk about are warm colors and cool colors, because sometimes those really don't play well together. and. Cool colors are the colors that you think of associated with the ocean, kind of the blues and the greens. Those are considered cool colors. Now, if you're talking, and they actually recede in a space and make the room feel larger, whereas warm colors you think of as associated with with fire, red, orange, yellow, and then the cool colors would be the blue the green the violet and so that's kind of how it gets the the thought of the cool and the warm but the warm colors have a usually there's a little bit of yellow in most of the warm colors and sometimes that really doesn't look that great next to some of the cool colors wouldn't you agree
1: Yeah, you have to really be – first, if you're going to be redecorating and you want to use some of the newer – I mean, I say newer, but they're not really newer neutrals. They're just, you know, the grays and other neutrals that are a little bit crisper and fresher are just really on trend now and have been for a while. So if you want to freshen up your home with that, you have to really take stock first in what you have. You know, if you're not going to be able to change your floor tile and it has like these green undertones and whatnot, you're going to have to be really careful with the neutrals that you pick. Yeah. Actually, we
0: used a white granite in our kitchen and it's got some warm brown, uh, brownish grays in it. There's kind of some brown and a little bit of gray and it wasn't a pure white like marble. And so I could not use a pure white Backsplash. I felt like that was going to make the countertop look really dingy because it definitely had some yellows, uh, yellow tint hints here and there in the granite because it had some of the kind of the browns and the little yellow undertones with the gray. So I had to be really careful because it did have some of the grays in there. I was able to use a blue gray tile for the background and it works very well. But again, a bright white tile or paint you have to be very careful what it's next to because if you're if it's next to something with some yellow undertones whatever that is that has yellow undertones in it it's going to look dingy.
1: Yes, and actually I was thinking about what you had shared about your granite and your backsplash tile when I was getting ready for this episode because that is because I wanted to say it's really not even all about paint, but you know paint is the most obvious thing and the easiest thing for people to switch out, but yeah, if you had just said to yourself, I want white, white subway tile. I've pinned it a thousand times. This is what I want. And you purchased that, it would have looked not anything like I would have what been you have so, going on.
0: I would have been so upset. It just would not have looked well. In fact, because the backsplash is this blue gray and I had the granite countertop that is not actually a pure white. I had to be very careful about the white, my white cabinets and they're actually called Eider white. It's really a very light, it, it's white with a gray undertone. And I had to do that with the cabinets so that they didn't fight with that backsplash and the right. countertop.
1: Right. Cause all these undertones showed up and, 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 Really, when it's done well, like Anita's Kitchen, which is so stunning, and I'm sure you've all seen it on her blog and Instagram and various places. I've been fortunate enough to see it in real life. It's even better in real life. But all, her, all the pieces obviously work together, but all the undertones work together. And that's kind of where the magic is too in the whole design. Well, and I had the same
0: issue because I wanted to paint the cabinets at our farm, at our little farmhouse. I have, I went a little crazy when we put the granite in. I wanted black, but I thought, oh, I am just want to do something different. This was 10 years ago. And so I went with that brown granite that now I'm sorry I put in. It's got brown and, and gray and black specks. So it's a little harder to work with. So when I went with the paint color for the cabinets, again, it wasn't a clear choice. I could not paint the cabinets white. Also, I had a tumbled marble backsplash. So it was kind of a a yellowy, creamy white backsplash. So I could not go with a pure white cabinets. And I ended up going with gray cabinets with a little bit of a green undertone because that's what went with the countertop the best.
1: If something's there... You have to work with what's there, or you've made a choice, and then you got to keep going in that same direction. We are so proud to share our brand sponsors with you and recommend to you their wonderful products and services. And one that we just can't get enough of is Cozy Earth. In fact, I slept between Cozy Earth sheets and with a Cozy Earth PJ on last night. Cozy Earth is so comfortable. Their bedding is so beautifully made and luxurious and they have developed and crafted high quality goods with responsibility and sustainably sourced materials from the earth so that you can get the restorative sleep you need to curate your sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your own home. Cozy Earth is softer than cotton for sure it's made from sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics it's temperature regulating which means it'll keep you cool and comfortable all night long and they have a hundred night sleep test that means you can try cozy earth for a hundred nights and if you don't love it you can send it back for a full refund but you won't be doing that cozy earth has provided an exclusive offer to our listeners 35% 35% off site-wide when you use the code DECORATINGPODCAST40. So you'll receive 35% off site-wide at Cozy Earth when you use the code DECORATINGPODCAST40. And the link will be in the show notes. Well, the results are in from my Everly Well Home Food Sensitivity Test. And with this great information, I can now make better choices for my body and my nutrition. EverlyWell is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. They have over 30 home lab tests, so you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test. EverlyWell ships the product straight to you with everything you need in one package. It's so simple to use the Everly Well home lab test. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals, and you should too. And for listeners at DTT, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com DTT. That's everlywell.com DTT for 20% off your next at-home lab test everlywell.com slash DTT. How do you think you can best figure out what the undertones are, say, of your existing infrastructure, if you will, like your floors or your bathrooms or your kitchens? How would you go about trying to figure out what tones were present? Look at it. <laughs> I mean, if God, you look. Isn't she amazing, you guys? <laughs> what, how else are you going to tell? Look at with your it. spidey senses. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, look at it. Okay, thanks, uh-huh. thanks, Anita. Okay, let me just well, say.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, maybe, but see, I think I approach things a little differently than than other people, and I can tell from from the podcast that you have a little. Even though I'm the analytical looking, no, no, even though I'm the analytical person. I do not approach things in a structured way like that. I don't even kind of try to figure out what it is that the undertone is. I'm just looking to see what's going to go with it. Okay. So I don't really care what it is. I'm just kind of looking to say, I just can look at it and go, that's not going to go with this. I And so I'm I'm putting... The paint chips next to it or the tile. And I'm looking at it to say, is this going to go? I mean, the, the oh, yeah, yellow. yeah.
1: But this is before you even have other things. You're just looking at it for the first time. Like, so you're obviously with your eyes, you're looking to see. I would want to see it in different times of day too. I would suggest that getting a lot of different samples and not just these little tiny bits of paint.
0: And often the people picking the paint, I shouldn't say often, but sometimes people picking the paint were not looking at that, paying attention to it, and kind of missed the boat. And to be honest with you, I think we got a good price on a house one time because the house looked a little on the pink side when you looked at it. And I think everybody said, I don't want that house. Well, yeah.
1: I know. And I said, oh, well, we'll take it for this and then we'll just paint it. Yeah, we'll just paint it. Yeah, you can fix that. You just looked at it and it was pink. Those other people didn't even know what a color was. <laughs> well, I think they looked at it. And went, I
0: don't like it. I don't know what I just don't seem like it. Right? No, Why I think they could pink? see it. I think everyone could. I don't have special powers.
1: But yeah, but there are also these neutrals that people default to. Like I can't tell you how many people, for whatever reason, that I know that have Swiss coffee paint color. Now, I'm not dissing anybody that has Swiss coffee. If they like it, I don't like it. Anytime I've seen it, it kind of looks a little dirty. Default neutrals that are out there that either a paint store might suggest to you, a builder might have on their short list of ones that you can choose or you might have heard of, but there are so many neutrals out there, which is part of why it's overwhelming. But when you understand what the, what's going on in the undertones, you can then, you curate your own universe. Oh, okay, I know I need something with a green undertone. And so then you're going to wipe out all the other eight undertones that we talked about and focus on the, the colors, the neutrals that have green, if that's what you need and vice versa for any of the others. So don't just choose one because it's the neutral that was presented to you. Don't default to the Swiss coffees or you know the Decorator White. Explore all the other options that are out there. And with this information that you have, discern the undertones and how to make it work for you because when you get it, it just works beautifully. And the undertone, well, then it adds to it rather than detracting from what you're trying to
0: do. And I think people look at something and they can kind of go, this isn't working, but they may not be aware of the fact that it's the undertones that are fighting.
1: So you want to talk about a few colors that we know are pretty great in the neutral department? Well, you know, my favorite is
0: the Sherwin-Williams Agreeable Gray. I've used that extensively, and it is a very warm gray. It works very well with golds. And it is not a cool gray. So this is going to be something that's going to work well, no matter what is in the room. So that is why it's so agreeable. Oh, there you go. Yes, that's right. Revere Pewter by Benjamin Moore. Hey, that's on my list. Oh, sorry. It's okay. okay. All right. That's a lovely grige. Well, maybe I better stop because maybe I'm going to be saying some of the same that's ones That's okay. You
1: that's okay. That's okay.
0: Somebody's got to say it. Go ahead. Benjamin Moore gray. That's a kind of a gunmetal gray Mm -hmm. and similar to a blackboard. And I think it's just called gray. That's all I could find on that one. That Mm -hmm. one was beautiful. Benjamin Moore Huntington white. It's a soft, creamy white. And I also like, I used on the the exterior of our home, Sherwin-Williams Natural Choice, which is a very warm white.
1: Oh, that's a pretty color. I never asked you what that color was.
0: And just one or two more. Blue Leaning White mm-hmm. is Farrow and Ball. That's a pale blue color. It's a light gray blue. It's
1: really Well, they're, they're, they're telling you, the thank you, pharaoh and Ball, they're telling you the undertone in the name. That's nice. Yes, I know that is nice. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a great thing to add to a paint chip if you had the chip or the fan deck? Wouldn't that be great on the back if it said undertone is... I mean, they know they're making well, the color. If you, but if you get the fan,
0: if you get the card, and you'll see that color as it gets more saturated, you can usually see yeah. what that undertone is because it gets more and more concentrated. Right, like and you here, can see yeah. which direction it's headed.
1: That's a good point. Really, really simple example. Let's pick a pink. And what if it started out as a white, right? And then it, it's going up and up and up, and, and the last one is pink. Well. Yeah, duh. There's your undertone undertone is pink. Mm -hmm. But if you have those single chips, it's very hard to tell. Yes, I agree. And then the last one I have, it is called Barista. Oh. Benjamin Moore. That's a nice name. Okay, so I am going to give you my two favorite grays that I think are pretty true to color. These are I really don't have much of an undertone. These are pretty pure grays and stay gray on the wall in my experience, in the experience of many people that read my blog and came back and commented and said they used them and had the same experience. Stonington gray and then silver chain, also Benjamin Moore. And my white is simply white, definitely a warm white because I use so much white. I wanted it to be a warm undertone but it's very slight but definitely not a cold white there are some others that i've heard about but i have not used personally a gray cashmere from benjamin moore i've heard that that is a lovely neutral i don't know have not used it personally and then pharaoh and ball pavilion gray An episode that I thought might be interesting, is it really worth it to get super expensive paint? All the paint companies have different lines and levels of paint. Is it worth it? Is the pigmentation, you know, so incredibly off the charts that it's worth spending this much money on it? So as we've discussed, all neutrals have some sort of undertone. There are a few that are really pure, and that's two of those grays that I talked about. And there are some pure whites but most whites in particular are going to read with some type of undertone and you may be surprised what that is when you paint the walls. So we want to make sure that you know how to discern that before you get to the actual painting part. A really great tip to discern the undertone in a white paint is take the paint chip and hold it up against a plain piece of printer paper. And the undertone should jump right off the page, literally, at you. Try it. I know you're going to be able to see what we can see. So let's get on to our DTT defines. Today DTT defines Cantha quilt.
0: Cantha simply means patched cloth. And that refers both to the tradition of making quilted blankets from discarded fabric as well as the actual stitching itself. It's a type of quilt native to Eastern South Asia, specifically Bangladesh. And these quilts are very different from American quilts in several ways, so I'm going to try to highlight those differences. But please keep in mind I'm not a quilting expert, so uh, if I say something wrong and you're a quilter, just let us know. The first difference is that the stitching is typically in a small, straight, running stitch. And you usually don't see that in American quilts. Uh, The second difference is that often these are made from one large piece of fabric. Uh, They can also be made from smaller pieces of cloth uh, patched together. I'd say most of the ones I see available for sale are the one large piece of cloth. And typically American quilts, as you know, are made from patched fabrics pieced together. Another difference is that American quilts use batting in between the layers of fabric. Now, the Cantha quilts do not use batting, probably because it's such a warm climate. So it is two or three layers of a thin cotton fabric. So it would definitely be considered a summer weight quilt, which might feel really good tonight because it is super hot here in Texas right now. Uh, Lastly, I would say the last difference is that these are almost always made from block print fabrics native to the region. So they definitely have a distinctive look very different from American quilts. I think their colors and patterns are really beautiful. So if you're looking for a a one-of-a-kind quilt, I think this is the place to look. So for my crush today, I thought I would select an Etsy shop that sells these quilts. So my crush is uh, Viridi Creations and rather than read you every one of those letters i'm just going to link to the shop so you'll find it and that way you don't have to remember how to spell it now i haven't ordered from this shop yet but they have excellent reviews and i really do hope to order one soon because i am so obsessed with these quilts they are so beautiful each one is so unique and they don't make a lot of each kind so if you buy one chances are you'll never see someone else that has that exact same quilt on their bed. Uh, I hope you'll check them out and hopefully you'll find something that you like and have a completely different, fresh, fun look in your bedroom. So Kelly, what's your crush today?
1: My crush today is a free Audible original. So if you have an Audible subscription, you can listen to this for free. It's Emma by Jane Austen. The primary reader is Emma Thompson absolutely love her. But there are several other people who also are reading along. One of them is Mrs. Bates, Joanna Froggitt. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's a great version of a classic. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. And remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.